Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 133 of the Greenlight Podcast, POC E-Frage. And on this episode, we are joined by Trevor Everett of the Two Pointers Podcast. We are welcoming an NC State fan, Wolfpack. Horns up. You know what I mean? Um, is that what they do? I Say horns up. Horns up. Is there, are there horns on a wolf? I, I, I mean, just do I this and I think of horns. I think of hook them horns. Like, it, like, are you claiming this? Is this a Texas thing? Is it an NC State? I'm going to apologize for my podcast co-host Trevor because this is—it's an ear. What? It's a wolf. What do you think? What, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely. I never thought about how, clo- but when you stick the fingers out, it definitely isn't like the Texas. That's what it is. And then Texas has their stupid little—it's horns down always. But you know, yeah, the Texas thing—it's close enough. It, I don't know. Whatever they can claim it if they want. Hook them, go pack. Well, I don't know, man. Listen, are you are we happy with Kevin Keats? Let's get into it. Oh, geez. Um, I love how for those listening, I love how they sent me a, a quote unquote timeline and then hit the first question's not on the timeline. Yeah. Um am I happy? So the the subjectiveness as a I'm gonna use the word journalist lightly because I'm new to this career path and field, but the answer would be honestly yes, because he has no problem bringing in talent. That's not the issue, right? Obviously, lost Jaden Bradley today to Arizona. That was an unfortunate one being in the final three for a guy like that who has a relationship with MJ Rice. But uh, yes, I am happy from a from a he's gotten it done a couple of times in some big moments in the last couple of years. He's never had a problem in state recruiting, and I think that's something that's been really something that has been huge for him, keeping just consistent with some of those, you know, your DJ Burns type of guys and some others. I know he was from just outside of the state, but guys that are local to the area. Yeah, I think I'm happy with it. The seat was going to get warm if we didn't make the tournament this year, and I think the net was kind of not in our favor. So, um, honestly, I would love to say as a happy fan, yeah, I'm, I have no problem with Kevin Keats, and I think he's a really good dude, and I think he's in a really great place right now. I think they've got to capitalize next year, and I know the transfer portal has made college basketball so fun because you can throw teams together. It can actually work. So I'm just hoping that they are one of those teams. And to get back some guys from this year is really interesting. Does he have – Four, three years, four years. What's his contract? Situation? Oh, I don't even know at this point because they've they've done the short extension on Doran and football and all this other. So like, they're I think they're just doing these three to fours at a time. I I really don't know. Yeah. That's a great. Question. It's twenty five, twenty six. There you um, go. But right. he has, I think he has an opt in himself to go through yes. twenty seven, twenty eight, uh, with a buyout that's that's only half of basically the two point seven that he's owed. So. All that, I mean, I think in today's day and age, we've seen with a lot of these with the with the coaching carousel. Um, it, I think it's a very the term like "Are you under contract?" Even in a way, is somewhat subjective Fair. because of the fact that if you just as you can raise money to bring kids from NIL, you can raise that money to buy out a contract. But I, I do, I, I love the 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 sentiment there, Trevor, because the one thing that I think about all the time, I thought last year's NC State team was fun. I thought it was obviously a, huge, a much improved. It's probably the best group of guards. Um, oh, yeah. and, and just in terms of that, if Darion Sebron stays on that team, 
they're an absolute problem. Like that, it, I Darren Sebron was at, he was an athletic free. I mean, he did a lot of different things. I don't know exactly how they gel with Burns and all that, but it, it's one of those things. It is impressive to lose arguably your best player. You lose other guys, and then to be able to just mold and bring in Jarkel Joiner and be able to give the keys to, to Quavion. I mean, um, I'm very interested to see uh, how next year shapes up, but I, I do think he was helped by the transfer portal and being able to adjust on the fly because he can clearly go get talent and, and plug and play. Yeah, I think he needs to be given more credit just because of some of the stuff he was doing at UNCW, 72-28 and 28 record, two-time uh, Colonial Coach of the Year, obviously made the tournament four times as a coach as a whole in nine years, so as a six, you know, 63% winning percentage. I'm going to always be on the po- more positive end of everything when it comes to NC State basketball. Um, not to say I've historically ever been that way, um, but <laughs> at least recently, and he's given me no reason not to. People, I, I think people kind of jump to the conclusion, being on and near campus, it's, it's, it's always these dire conversations all the time, and I'm like, how about we just enjoy the fact that we're going to have I, a guy that I think should be a first-round pick 100%. And then we're going to have, you know, the ability to bring in multiple former five stars and that kind of thing. It's just like to be in the position we're in right now, I things are looking up and I'm very excited. And you beat Duke and Carolina at home, which in the trial, exactly it, right. it matters. Murdered. I was Murdered. at the Duke. I was at the Duke game at home. I was at, at the Duke game in Raleigh. It was, I mean, I, I said to the guy I was with, God bless him. Good friend of mine, alumni tickets. Thank you for that. The whole thing. And I looked at him or verbatim. I think he was coming back from something and he couldn't get to the seat before the start of the second half. And that th- everybody can go watch it. I've said this on pods many times. That five-minute stretch that they started the second half oh. with against Duke at home, that was tournament team right there. And that's how they kept up with Creighton. And yep. we saw exactly how close that Creighton game actually was until the final three minutes. All right. Two last NC State questions. Who do you enjoy beating the most in the ACC? Oh, God. Uh, let me let me just not speak out of pocket here. Let me answer it 100% correctly by looking at the ACC schools and really thinking about it because I don't want to I don't want to tell you one and then just be like I thought this was going to be e- I thought it, this was going to be easy. I, I hate a lot of teams. Like I sports <laughs> hates way too many teams. That is one of my things I hate to be. Um so do we. So I, like and yeah. it also changes. So like are you do you want like cuz I've been uh, born and raised here never left rally. Do you want like my all-time answer or do you want more recently? Give both. Give oh. give us both. Clemson pisses me off beyond belief. I have no idea if I'm allowed to curse on this, but it's, oh, it's going to go on. It's going to go on my feed. I'll have to edit my own stuff out. But, jeez, uh, Clemson the, to go zero and three this year against Clemson and for it to never be close. I just I, I can't even tell you. Like that infuriates me beyond belief. Um, that doesn't the, make much sense. I didn't. Uh, know you guys went zero and three. Oh yeah, no, twice in the regular season, uh, twenty nine points uh, loss at home, uh, senior night, and yeah. then the tournament. Yeah, so oh, the tournament three. was not. Yeah, the tournament was a. Tournament it's then was Clemson bad. the next night turned around, got smoked just as bad to Virginia. It was the weirdest. To yeah, give you an idea, I went to over ten games this year, which is a proud achievement for somebody who lives here, and I love it. And they gave me all kinds of happy feelings and heart attacks. But at the same time, I watched every single second I could that I was available this year on TV, and I turned the senior night game off with 13 minutes left in the second half. I was like, this is not happening. Like, I am not doing this today. I'm done. The answer, to answer your question, uh, Carolina is the very easy answer. Yes. I, I would rather, I would if they could lose every game in every sport the rest of eternity, I would, I would die happy, man. <laughs> I love it. We're all uh, in agreement um, on that one, I think. And then are we all in agreement that, Terquavion Smith, he has to be good in the league. Like, he just has to be. If he's not good, I don't understand it. 
I really don't. Like, I, then I just don't. I'm I'm confident that he can be a rotational guard. I'm not saying he's going to be a starting two for ten years, but can I mean the dude can fill it up in bunches, like quicker than most. Are we in agreement, or is he like another fringe guy that's going to fall off the map in three years? I try my absolute hardest to not be a biased person in any way. However, I have had him in the lottery all year. Wow. And I think that's a comfortable place. Like 12 is where I had him as of May 1st. I update my NBA draft big board every single month up until the draft. So, And then one more probably mid-June before the draft. But I've had him at 12 all year for two reasons. The shot making, I don't care about the percentages. The shot making and creation ability is just ridiculous. It's NBA level. It's ready to be there. Yes. The other thing is to be at one point leading the league in a, leading the ACC in assists per game. I know that was not a very high number this year, um, unfortunately. But um, to go from like zero playmaking flashes last year, almost zero, to averaging over four assists per game last this year, it, it's it, it's there. He's capable of doing two different things with the ball, not just trying to score every single time he's available. Um, and then some of the on-ball defense, I think I give people the challenge of uh, when I do my draft chat show, is I give people the challenge of going and watching his on-ball defense stuff from last year to this year. Like he couldn't guard anybody last year. This year he's at least more competitive, moves the feet better. Um, and I think in-person scouting is really, really valuable. And obviously seeing them so many times, I just had to not, regardless of the fandom angle, the only thing I would really say is just the 165 thing is going to kill him. He's going to have to really bulk up. And a guy being 6'4", probably a 6'7 wingspan, he's probably going to have to bulk up. And he can definitely bulk up. It's not like he's Connor Vanover. Like, he, you know, his, his, <laughs> his body frame can bulk up. So yep. I, I have him in the lottery. I have him in – last year I had him, I think, like 29th before he – you know, decided to go back and I was going to do this like whole, you know, rip my hoodie off and, and put a uh, show off the NC state basketball shirt. When I had like the 30th pick in a mock draft, I was like, the nuggets are taking him no matter what. And then <laughs> it, it didn't work out that way. So I think he's a lottery pick and I know that that's probably not going to happen. I've seen most mocks to the Clippers and that means it's probably not going to yep. happen. And the, and the thing, if he does fall that later first, I think it would be helpful. I feel like this is a cliche thing to say. You're stepping into a competitive team. Most likely there's going to be veterans. You're not expected to play immediately right away. And and I think give them time, whether it's put on weight, whether it's develop, whether that's just all those different things, it could be a positive. But you can see, I mean, even in a way, um, I think some different players. But if you look, I mean, if you slid him in um, with, the Knicks right now, and you look at some of the guys they've taken late in the first round, and quick, uh, and Emmanuel quickly is the first person that comes to mind. It's like you're not asking Emmanuel quickly to be your starter right away, but he's a valuable player, and he's obviously incredibly talented. He does certain things really well. I think Turquavion Smith can be that that type of player as well. Agreed. Um, all right, let's jump into our uh, two random hypothetical classic uh, off season questions, or I guess topics. Um, number one. So we went through from 1985 until this year, all of the NCAA champions, and we reversed the result, meaning all of the teams that actually lost won. right? So what happens if we flip the result of the last 30 or so years, national champions dating back to 1985? Let's start with some high level stuff. The actual champions, there have been 19 schools to win a national championship from 1985 to 2023. If you reverse the winner and loser, there are 25 total champions. So there's a little bit more parity if you flip it. One other observation, the actual results 
Duke, UConn, and UNC all have five national champs, champions since 1985. If you reverse it, UNC has two, Duke has four, and UConn has zero. So I don't know if that's, like Ian said before we started recording, UConn just refuses to lose, or is there some luck involved there? I don't know. Um, but what did you guys think? Were you shocked by anything when we reversed it? Like, Ian, go for it. What do you? What, what were your initial reactions? I think a couple of the things that stood out, obviously, going into this, I mean, Butler having two just reinforces, oh. I mean, how it's like, man, it would have been really? awesome. Just get one of those because I want to say it's like, like not Butler has fallen off I and mean, Butler is now in the big East and there are still a strong basketball program, but I mean, they were at the pinnacle twice. And it's one of those things where it was right there and you have the confidence that they're going to get back there. If, if we're looking at this, I mean, we are basically saying in the last 37 years, 38 years, 38 years from now, like are, are we, do we, do we, feel confident that there's going to be a two next to Butler on either the real list or the reverse list. It's, it's hard to tell. And just with the, how the landscape has changed as well. Um, the others it's, and, and I looked at as well is, I mean, obviously we, we just had San Diego state and you have somewhere. Was this the mountaintop? Like was getting there the mountaintop. And I think you could, Utah is the one that stands out there. Um, even in a way like in Oklahoma, Seton hall, yeah. Um, they, they stand out. Obviously you have some that I think Florida's got one loss and two wins and, and that's fine. I think I didn't expect Michigan state would have had an, another, but, um, it, it is, it's pretty even across the board. Michigan's probably the worst. Like Michigan's got four. Yeah. They got four natties. If you were reversed, reversed. You know, yeah. you know, what's interesting too. I think I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take this stance. It, can we say UCLA is like a light blue blood? Can we say this? Now, they have one in actual and one if you reverse it. And that's, listen, 1985 and a, like, I, you know, I'm a, I am team JJ Reddick that like, yo, they were playing plumbers and all that stuff. Like, I agree with that. So I'm not saying necessarily in like 1984 they were, right? Obviously, that's still just as quality. But like UCLA made their mark when the tournament was like the sweet 16 only they had, you had to win like three games to win a national championship. So like, can they be a, can they be like a cousin of the blue bloods? I mean, is that a ridiculous take? Like, I don't know. They only have one either way. Um, Trevor, what do you think, man? What, what were your initial reactions? I'll touch on the Butler one really quick. Cause I tried to think like super, like outside the box, high level, but like Brad Stevens probably never takes the Celtics job. If, the if he Butler, wins, yeah. If he wins, if he wins one or two, like I mean, I think, but he, he's probably still in college basketball, or just he's probably in an NBA gig that's not the Boston Celtics front office. Um, I actually had that conversation on uh, an everything college basketball podcast recently. We did a what if, and it was it's obviously the biggest what if like in the last thirty years. Like what if, or even forty, if you want to go back to eighty five, like we did. What if Gordon Hayward hits that shot? I mean, like oh. it's just to think like everything in college basketball like just completely shifts and changes. Um, so you mentioned UCLA as like, I I don't want to, I'm never going to take 11 national championships out of the consideration or whatever it is. Something stupid like that. Um, I can't like, I, I get the whole cousin blue blood. Like I like the light blue. That's funny. I just, I don't know, man, when you have some of the best players of all time, not just like, 
I mean, I'm thinking like recently too, like Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook. Those are guys that are like significant players in in the crux of that of, of that era. I'll, I'll throw one out there that I think that we're gonna miss through this. I wrote down every one that I thought was significant. I probably missed some. You mentioned the Florida. I thought that was good. Louisville has a couple of uh, they have zero instead of two. Yeah. Michigan was the big one. Syracuse doesn't get a title with Carmelo in 03. Does that change how we look at Carmelo all time? Oh. I'm trying to compare it to the NBA a little yep. bit there. And then the one that I think is going to get missed in this conversation, Jay Wright's still a head coach right now if they don't if, – if we flip this. Villanova has zero. Zero, that's right. And, and Villanova had obviously had the one in 85, which is where we started this number, and yeah. then they have the two with Jay Wright recently. I think Jay Wright's still a coach. I think he's still looking for that national champion uh, trophy – and I think we still see Jay Wright, even though he's an unbelievable guy and what he's doing now. I is, think he's still a coach. Uh, is, is Mark Few? I mean, Gonzaga would have two. Oh, yeah. No, the whole, I, I wasn't even going to, uh, I was going to hope one of y'all brought that up. I, I, you know, that one was kind of the glaringly obvious one. It's like, what do we do? Like, how do we shape that conversation? Because we're already super critical of Gonzaga. I think we're already like hypercritical of them for them to have that much sustain, sustained success. By the way, to fact check people that I, it, it fact checked me recently in a conversation. Mark Few goes back to Adam Morrison. Like I just forgot that like that number and those timelines just don't yes. add up to me. But like his his sustained success, really hard word to say, uh, is really impressive. And I think that is something that like yeah, of course we're gonna look at him differently. Two national championships. I don't I don't have this like high level. You know, here's this beautiful take laid out for why. But like they should be appreciated whether they've won two or not. I guess yeah. would be my. I love your point about Brad Stevens because I just in quick man I might be I might be missing one here that I can think of about leaving for the NBA. If you look at those last all the the last champions since '85, the only coaches I believe that have won national championships and have still made the leap to the NBA were Billy Donovan and Larry Brown. Unless I'm missing someone, I that since '85 you mean since '85 they've made that jump. There's no one else that stands yeah, out to me like, uh, we that would have really because nothing, nothing from Duke, Carolina, like Carolina, Connecticut, um, Kentucky being like Tubby, and then Cal still. Did like, Rick Patino try it? Oh, Patino maybe. Patino was first, but Patino didn't. Oh, no, he went yeah, Knicks yeah. and then to Kentucky. God, I can't remember. I actually, remember. About, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that was before my time. Or could be because there's both. There's Celtics and the, yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. it was too. So I guess you can throw Patino in there and then come back, but. It's very rare because you look at some of these guys. I mean, you look at a K, a Calhoun, a Roy Williams, a um, shoot, not Jay Wright. Most of, if you're winning, even a Gary Williams or um, obviously Bayheim, they're staying in college. They're not once they win, they're not making that leap for the extra. And so, I I, I think it's a really solid point and interesting to bring up. I I, I think you're right. Like Butler probably. That's that's just home forever for for Brad Stevens. We tell we can see how much he still loves him. He, he's he's back there all the time. He's still involved a lot. Yep. Sooner um, Big East, they'll they're, they're a sooner Big East, uh, you know, promotion probably. Maybe even a bigger conference than the Big East. Maybe yep. they go Big, yeah, Big Ten. Maybe they maybe yep. they go ACC. I mean, just a lot of random what ifs there. I'll throw this out there really fast. I think it needs to be said. You mentioned Rick Pitino, and we were all confused on the timeline. Let's set the record straight, and then let's also just appreciate Rick Pitino for a second. Um, Started in Hawaii, if you've never heard that story. I don't have time to tell it today, but it is a really fun story about how he started Hawaii. Um, Syracuse assistant. He was in Hawaii for two, three years as an interim before that. Um, Boston University. I'm not going to give timeline on years here because it's not going to make any sense. New York Knicks as an assistant. Yep. Providence for two years. Knicks for a handful of years, Kentucky, 
Boston, Celtics, of course, Louisville for 16 years, and then here we go. Puerto Rico, Greece, Greece, Iona, St. John's. God. We just have to appreciate the, the just the roller coaster ride that is Rick Patino's career. <laughs> yeah, man. And he like if you ask anybody in the business, like of just got forget like wins and stature and rep, all that. Like guys that you just do not want to coach against, like he's number one. Yep. Like number yep. one. Tactician, motivator, MFer. Like he, uh, he Iona was the only team this this tournament to have a lead at half against UConn. That that tells you everything you need to know. I mean, everything you need to know. Yeah, um, really fast. You mentioned the the one offs, one one off teams that would have had one instead of zero. Obviously, some of these teams have them all time. Uh, yep. And I'll bring up the last one: Georgetown, Oklahoma. You mentioned Seton Hall, Utah, Georgia Tech. Yeah, has one. They Georgia were they Tech. were pretty good there. Ohio I was going to bring those. Ohio State was another one. UCLA, Illinois. Shout Luke Schenzer. I've always wanted to drop his Luke name on the pod. I love it. That's a name. Wisconsin, Texas Tech. You mentioned San Diego State. That one's a heartbreaker. And then. The one that might get missed, Memphis with Calipari. Memphis, that's Calipari right. has another title. Yeah, Do, does he go? To, does he take the Kentucky job? Ooh, I think. See, probably... see now we're like, see now we're like rabbit holing. Like now we're like yeah. really rabbit holing because he's My... he's mentioned why he won't do different jobs, and they've joked about why he never took the NC State job as a bad pizza shop or something. <laughs> like he's he's gone down those rabbit holes. Don't get me wrong, but Memphis Calipari with De- Derrick Rose. That's how we look at Derrick Rose differently, probably, and we look at Calipari differently. My question, I guess the overall theme that I'm thinking now with the ones on the reverse that have one title, like I think the prime examples are a Georgia Tech or a Utah or a Seton Hall. Yeah. If those happen, when they happen, how does that, do we think, how does that affect the trajectory of where they would be today? If Georgia Tech wins in with Paul Hewitt in the early 2000s, it, are are we still how much different is georgia tech today and is it that much of a, a game changer because as a virginia fan that's got one if you want to look 20 years like i it's, it's a, a little scary game. to think about it's like yeah like just because that luster does wear off after a little bit you're obviously you're going to be in the history books for forever but it doesn't automatically mean you're a elite program so i'm curious your all's thoughts of like is Utah, if Utah wins, is Utah a top flight program? Is Baylor going to continue to be a top program just because they've got one? That's that's the biggest thing that jumps out to me. The Baylor answer is yes, because Scott Drew is still there. Yeah. The Utah answer, though, I mean, Utah won a national championship in 1944. Let's not get it twisted. They were supposed to be this perennial powerhouse back then, and we did I don't know. The Utah question is tough because I just think, I don't know. I really wish I had like this perfect answer on the Utah one. I think there's some. I think the Georgia Tech one's interesting only because I'm not. I'm not disrespecting the Pac-12 here, but like Georgia Tech and the ACC has a national championship. That's automatic. Like you're you're playing with the big dogs now. Like you're playing with the big dogs. You're going to start getting recruits. Georgia Tech, um, shout out to the ACC tournament documentary, has some really yep. good history. They've got some oh, yeah. history in that yeah. documentary. They give them basically half an episode about some of the recruits and some of the stuff there. And I'm forgetting some of the names back then, but obviously we've seen. You know, I, I was really a big fan of. Uh, was it uh, Coach Passner? Is that his name this year? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think he should have been canned. But, you know, <sighs> Georgia Tech, I think, is the one I would think more about. And at least, like, it's at least they're, they're starting to – they're not at the table. I like to say, like, I don't like to kill the Mount Rushmore conversation when people use Mount Rushmore as a four-person thing. I like to say you're at the table. How big is the table? And Georgia Tech would at least be 
players in that at, at that table. Yeah. They'd be trying to be at the table. Illinois is the biggest one. I think that changes for me. Yeah. I think if Illinois gets that one done, Bruce Weber, like obviously they, they were competitive for, and then he was good at Kansas State, but we had that long stretch where there was so much talent coming out of Chicago, even in like the early 2010s. And, and if a, Illinois is looked at as more of an elite program through the late 2000s, they, do you get a Jabari Parker? Do you get a Derrick Rose? Like, are those actual legitimate destinations if Illinois is looked in a more favorable light? That's I think that's the one that you could say that Illinois, in my opinion, um, could have used it more than anyone in terms of longevity, getting that one across the board there. I'm, I'm going to use to go back to the original, the first question that you said, like, OK, if Utah wins or if Georgia Tech wins, does it like change their trajectory? I'm going to say no. only, And I'm going to point to Syracuse and Michigan State. Like, there you go. Now, two Hall of Fame first ballot Rushmore coaches. Both got one and never really got back. I, I don't think Michigan State has gone to a championship game since they won. Um, it, they lost semis pretty much. Yeah. No, it's, they've got Final so they, Fours as since a whole. The, yeah, yeah, it's just because they lost the one. Yeah, they have, they have one they, reverse. They were, yeah. the, they were the runner-up in 09. I don't know if we've said oh, that. 09. That was yeah. UNC. UNC's uh, <laughs> You're right. like buzz all year. Yeah. yeah. And then 19, they lost to Texas Tech. Um, so like, I mean, you can't have more resources, history, the coach, the tradition in those two schools. And still they got one, right? Like, so I don't think so. I think, I think you got to hit, I don't know, man. I I think like now, like Villanova is kind of like, we were joking about like the light blue or like Villanova is kind of right. They're at the table, right? Yeah. Nova's at the table now. They have three, right? They've seen, they can win in different decades, different coaches. Like they've kind of proven it. And you can, there have been the ones that have won. They're not immune to rocky times. I mean, Maryland, no. hits, Maryland, Maryland hit some rough patches. Indiana, for a multitude by the way, of reasons, has hit rough really patches. Really quick on Maryland. I want to throw this out there because that's why I ask about historical. If I would change my answer right now if Carolina didn't exist, like the, to answer the question about who I would oh, hate the most. Yeah. I yes. hate Maryland so much. It's unbelievable. Yeah. No, like, I'm, it, talking about the NC State thing earlier, I'm so yes. glad you said Maryland because I forgot all about them. I try to forget them out of my mind. But, like, that let me change my answer. Clemson in order, it's Clemson, Maryland, North Carolina from yeah. third to my, third. I'm, I'm in Carolina, Maryland as a Virginia fan. Carolina, Maryland, Virginia Tech. Like wow. it's that's not, regional. Yeah. That's regional too. That makes sense. It's regional. I think I said I don't know if I've told this in the pod, but I think the very first time I ever cursed as a kid was Virginia beating Maryland. Probably I guess it would have been maybe oh two oh three. I knew, I remember it was uh, Nick Kaner Medley was on that oh. team. Virginia rushed the court. I run into a sweaty Gary Williams, and I heard just the people behind me call him an asshole. And I say, like, you're an asshole, Gary. And I just remember my grandpa like, grabbed me by the neck of my shirt, and I was like, oh, I didn't know what me. Oh, Everyone was just calling an asshole. asshole. So. Let me throw this bounty out here then, because I don't know who's going to hear this, right? Like, it's going to be up on multiple feeds, and we're going to have hopefully we're going to have this everywhere, right? I've put a bounty on this before. There is a there is a college team merch of someone's favorite team on the line. If they can find me a video of Steve Blake hitting the game winner in Raleigh and giving the middle finger to the student section, both middle fingers. I can't find the video anywhere. I hate Steve Blake, even though it was a Laker. I put this, I put this bounty out for over a year now. Like no one has found it. No videotape department of any kind. Like I think Steve Blake hit a game winner in Raleigh. I've, I've been told the story, but it's never been found. Like, how is that possible? That had to be that. Oh, one, 2000. I think. Yeah. Oh, one or two. Yeah. Synergy really only goes back to like Oh three. I mean, it's there's, I've been it's surprised. Close. I will say, 
I've gone down some rabbit holes. There are things that are popping up randomly on on YouTube more recently. Yeah. There was I ran, and this is just the power of the algorithm, and no one cares about this. There was the 07 <laughs> Virginia comeback with a minute 50 to go against Clemson and Little John Coliseum. Like I they were down those. like I love those over 13. Ones. Like, yeah. I remember I'm like, oh my gosh, and it's back when Virginia was wearing the orange yeah. jerseys, like it was Reynolds and Singletary. Singletary. No one cares. And I'm like, but it popped up because of I'm watching old eighties Virginia Ralph Sampson games. It's like, oh well, here's this 07 one. It's like yeah. I, I just hope that people like continue that we digitize the content that we have. Like I've got VCR tapes in my grandparents' house of old games. We just got to get that on the internet so we have content and we have proof of Steve Blake giving middle fingers. Let's have a business meeting after this call. I, I'm in. Yeah. Like I, I'm all in. Um, you two rabbit holes really fast. You mentioned Ralph Sampson, one of my favorite NBA what ifs of all time. We could do a whole podcast on that. Um, and then you mentioned some of the other stuff with like the old videos and like I got one popped up recently that I'm just not even. I don't even want to say, but it's just embarrassing when. Uh, Oh my God! Who was it? Was it when Chandler Parsons hit that like three quarter court shot in Raleigh when Florida was a? It was the yeah. second year of Florida's back to back and talking about the yeah. national champion. It ties into everything. It popped up randomly. I was watching like something completely opposite of ACC basketball, and the algorithm's like, "Hey, hey! Yeah. By the way, you want to see this um, like seventy footer that Chandler Parsons hit when State could have beat the eventual national champion two time there in Raleigh? But uh, no, I, why they were even in Raleigh in two thousand seven eight? I couldn't yeah, have told right? you. But the Chandler Parsons seventy footer. Here it is. It's so. amazing. Um, all right, last uh, last takes, last thoughts on the national champion reversal. Anybody we're missing? Anything you guys want to talk through before we shift to these number one? I'll throw I'm this cool. out there really fast. Let me throw this out there about the coaches because I think people, and we can link it if we need to, like the NCAA has the every national champion back to whatever, 39. Look, they only show you the coach of the winner. But just look because in this example, right, you look at the winner first to see they would be on the other end of this for this analogy. Right, yep. some of the names: Dan Hurley this year, obviously. Bill Self that we mentioned has would have three instead of two, right? But then like Scott Drew, like we talked about Baylor's change. Tony Bennett one time there, right? Um, Kevin Ollie, right, a one timer I believe, or two, yeah, one timer. Jim Calhoun obviously was two of their uh, multiple or a couple of their multiple. Um, John Calipari we talked about. Billy Donovan obviously is zero two at that point. Gary Williams for for Maryland. The list goes on. Some of these coaches, like we we look at these. I brought up some of the like the Jay Wright ones, but like we look at some of these coaches completely differently. Like we look at their tenure, their history. I mean, Bayheim gets what two instead of one, like we said, but doesn't get the famous Carmelo title. Um, and then just it just shows you how hard it is to win a national oh, championship. Oh like it doesn't. It needs to be stated that it is that hard. And like I don't care that Duke would have four instead of five. Like four is ridiculous. Like ridiculous. any number above one or two one. i'm gonna say two <laughs> for my team since two of them in the 80s and 70s but um but geez like just to think like there are teams that are like like utah utah has a 44 banner up i'm sure it's got to be up there they're Why proud not? of it i mean granted no one's alive now to remember it but it's there they have one yep anyway so no you're if you you're open right. it up and it's last thing i'll say on this if you look i know we're looking just at champion like if you reverse the championship not final fours Tom Izzo has eight Final Four appearances, one championship. Mm. You look at some of these, like, even Lou Olson, five Final Four appearances, one championship. Yeah. And so, and then you get guys, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it makes it even more impressive of the people that, now I know, um, I mean, probably if you look at who's batting a thousand and 
it's it's Jim, well, I guess Jim Calhoun has lost one. I mean, he's batting a thousand in the championship game. They did lose in 09 in the final four, but like even when you make it there, I mean, you said Coach K, there's a well, reason they're on both lists because yeah. it, final four, I think, is different than a lot of other sports of like final four in itself can be a pinnacle. In yeah, a way. that's what it's I was not saying. Yeah, they're and it's Texas Tech, that they really they, just they needed on. that. That was a huge thing for their program and how we viewed Chris Beard and how we viewed some of the just the way Texas Tech and where they way they recruited recently with some of the big transfers. Um I hate I, I would I'd be far fetched to think we shouldn't mention this. UCLA won every national title from sixty four to seventy five, except seventy four and sixty seven, right? Let me tell you the results on the other end that would be eye opening. Duke, Michigan, Dayton, North Carolina, Purdue, Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I saw Jacksonville yeah. like what? Wow. Villanova, Florida State, Memphis State, Kentucky, which I think might have actually been Memphis. I think yeah, Memphis State actually was Memphis, Memphis State. back then. It was, yeah. yep. Um, and then Kentucky. Yeah. So wow. we're looking – I mean, this could be like its own like documentary series about if we ever flip these around because I just named – I mean, what would that do to Jackson? I'm kidding. But uh, Florida <laughs> State has one, right? Memphis has one. Marquette has uh, – that's a different one. But Kentucky, another one. Purdue, just – I mean – would literally change the entire landscape of a lot of these programs. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, all right. So let's shift gears to our second what if question. And what we did was we went back again to 1985 and we looked at every single number one pick in the NBA draft. And the question is if the player that was drafted number one decided to come back for whatever the reason, right? Would they be drafted number one the next year? Right. So we'll here here's here here's the format. I'll tell you the year, the player, and then we'll round table. Do we agree that this guy would be number one? I like that. Again. I like that better. Perfect. So let's go 1985, the New York Knicks, Patrick Ewing, and then 1986, Cleveland Cavaliers, Brad Doherty. So I will start. I think this is the easiest one. <laughs> Very nice that we chose 1985. Patrick Ewing is definitely going back to back. Can I give you an even easier one? If we went 84, Hakeem would go over Patrick Ewing. Is that a debate? Ooh, see, that was just the year before. That was the year before. That's a year before. I think Hakeem 100. Like Hakeem was one of the best college basketball players of all time. Like it, just from a defensive like versatility standpoint, didn't make any sense the stuff he was doing back then. Um, Go pack. Um, But yeah, 85 Ewing, 84 Hakeem. Hakeem comes back for whatever reason. I mean that that's a debate. We can have, I mean, let the comments. Akeem's let the comments have that debate. Year, he averaged twenty point six and eleven point nine. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. So there, maybe it isn't a debate. Patrick, and I'm going to give a nod as well as yeah, you touched fair. on. And obviously, I'm going to plug my guy Trevor. But Ralph Sampson as a rookie went had the year before yeah. averaged twenty one and eleven point one. So like there, the run of big men that we had, we had James Worthy used in eighty two, but Ralph Sampson, Akeem Elijah, on Patrick Ewing. 83-84-85. And then Doherty, the drop Ewing, off. Port, I'm sorry, not to knock Brad Doherty. We're sorry, Brad Doherty. Yeah, but he's up there. He's still a good average fifteen point seven and eight as as a as a rookie. Um, but we're going Ewing over Doherty. I think that's a consensus. Yeah, yeah I I just wanted to throw it out there as like a let the comments fight over that one with the key. Very fair. Nick Knicks and Rockets fans are prevalent in my comment section. So there you go. That one's a that's good a one. Good one. Um, all right, so let's do eighty six to eighty seven. It's Brad Doherty and then David Robinson. No. No. Nope. Yeah, Admiral. No. So then this this one, I probably should have put this one down. 87 to 88 is David Robinson, Danny Manning. I actually think you can make an argument for David Robinson. 
But Danny Manning is coming off a championship. Didn't Kansas win in 88? So, like, yeah, they did. that's hard. It's not a guarantee, but that's a tough one. This is so difficult because I'm trying not to be a revisionist history, a historian here. Yeah, because, I like, know. Then oh, no. Who yeah. am I going to take, Danny Manning or David Robinson? Oh, my God. I'm probably going to take you know the MVP and then the whatever, multiple-time champion in San Antonio. But, yeah. no, I think David Robinson, you have to give that. I, I would probably give that to Danny Manning. I would only do that just because of the college production because we have to go off of what we would have known at that time. Yeah. I, the, I will say – the one thing that hurts David Robinson that obviously helps Damian, like you're saying, if he came back is, and we think about this today and you think of even like a John Morant and Zion, David Robinson, as great as he was, and he was national player of the year. He was a unanimous first team um, all American is last year. He played in the colonial athletic association. He played in like Navy was in the CAA shout my hometown of Harrisonburg, Virginia. He's got the the points record still to the the convo from playing in Navy. And it's one of those where it's if you take it to draft day of 1988, you've got the guy that just took Kansas to a national championship and then the guy that not to knock Navy or not to knock the CAA but was playing against lesser competition. I think Manning still gets taken. Obviously, we know yeah. how the careers worked out. David Robinson, I mean we're talking his rookie year, 24 of all those stats, we just have 24.3 and 12 his rookie year with the Spurs. So pretty impressive. We have to take in consideration what we knew. That's the issue with this. It's like, this is such a good analogy, like a, such a good hypothetical, but it's like, I have to be so careful to not put my NBA, you know, tinfoil hat yeah. on and be like, it's, it's Danny Manning's college production that wins it here. I think. Yep. Yeah, probably. Um, all right. So let's go 88, 89, Danny Manning, and then Purvis Ellison. It's another one I missed. I mean, Danny Manning's got to go back to back, right? Yeah. Danny Manning, yeah. Yeah. I missed that one. All right. So that's a neat. That's that's our second confirmed that we all agree, right? Yeah, keep track for me because I'm already lost. Yeah, we got Patrick and we got yeah. Danny, and that's it. All right. All right. So, okay. Um, then we got Purvis to Derek Coleman. No. Derek Coleman's going number one. Derek Coleman's going yeah. number one. This is this is where it get this is where it starts to get good once you hit the 90s. So then Derek Coleman. To Larry Johnson. I mean, Larry again, Larry Johnson's coming off. Oh no, they lost. That's he he left um the year they lost. He did come back after they he did. He came back after they won. And then after they lost they in, and then they, they lost. won in ninety and then they lost in ninety one. I don't know if Derek Coleman's gonna unsee Larry Johnson. I don't but again that to your you, point, that Trevor, UNLV like, team was nasty. I mean that UNLV were. team would it didn't even like they were wiping people. Like I think they beat Duke. We're t- already closed. Yeah, the they beat them by like thirty. Thirty something in the national championship game. Like doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, back to back Final Fours. I mean, first team All American twice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, tournament MVP awards ninety and ninety one. Like I, I don't. I have a hard here's, time thinking. Here's he's where it gets unseen. weird. I don't want to. I don't want to spend like forever on Larry Johnson. But like, here's where it gets weird. Where you actually have to look at like the number two overall pick in a class. Would Charlotte actually have taken Kenny Anderson number two, uh, number one? No, they probably still would have taken Larry Johnson, right? So you have to look at like who came behind him. Yeah. If you're just going off of what we knew then, Kenny Anderson was the number two overall, overall pick. I think looking back on it, Dikembe Mutombo was probably the number one player in this class. Yeah. <laughs> he was number four. Uh, you know, revisionist history. But you know, this isn't the only. I'm going to keep uh, the NBA draft tracker up for a while here just to be safe. But like, if it's close, like you really need to look at the number two guy and think, would that would they have taken him again if they had knew if they had known that year who number two was? 
Obviously, yep. that doesn't matter in this situation technically because of the guy behind them. But like Derek Coleman, Larry Johnson, I, I mean, I think Larry Johnson would have gone one, and I think it would have been at least a conversation. Yep. So now it's going to get interesting. So ninety-one to ninety-two is Larry Johnson to Shaq, and I don't think anyone's going to argue to take no. LJ over Shaq. No. So let's let's do if Shaq comes back. Don't forget how good the next in '93 was Chris Weber, and don't forget how good he was. Like does Shaq? And again, this Trevor this, now now this is all I'm thinking about. Like, well, Shaq's clearly better than Chris Weber. He's one three, but that's not you can't think of it that way. You can't think about what they did in their NBA careers, right? It's so hard not to. But does Shaq unseat Weber? Probably. No, I don't know. The thing that makes it weird is the fact, in my opinion, and I I want to give Shaq the benefit of the doubt because they immediate Orlando immediately traded Chris Weber and to and for Penny yeah, Hardaway. I think that was a financial. Oh thing, yeah, but right. exactly. But that that's the is so it it's right. it's one of those weird scenarios where it's like all right, yeah, who would have been if if who if Orlando doesn't get Shaq in '92. They take him in ninety three. That's where you throw a little wrinkle in there. So, mm. all right, I'll let you. I'll let. I'm gonna read you stats, and I'm gonna let you predict without knowing who it was. How about that? All right. They both played. Good. I think they both played. Okay, so they both played. Make sure I got this right. One of them averaged. He played two years, and he played. You probably already know off the top of your head, just based on. Okay, so I won't tell you how many games. It won't matter. They're pretty close. So one guy averaged 17, 10, and two and a half. So 17 points, 10 rebounds, two and a half on 58 uh, field goal percentage, 30% from three and 53% from the line. And then the other one averaged 21, 13 and a half, 1.7 assists, no threes, 61% field goal percentage, and 57% from the free throw line. Mm. He shot, Shaq shot 67. 61% from the from uh, the field. I gave it away. Uh, that's yeah. better than I thought. Yeah, from yeah. the field. Free throw line, they both were uh, – Shaq shot a better free throw percentage in college than Chris Weber did, 57 to 53. How is that possible? I'm going to look at attempts <laughs> really fast because my computer's having a fun time trying to keep How up with this. Is, while you pull that, it's, it's funny. You said who would have gone number two if they hadn't – I love this hypothetical, this scenario, because Orlando having back-to-back number one picks. If Shaq is not available in 92 – the number two pick in that draft was Alonzo Mourning. Oh, Shaq shot, hold on. So then, Shaq shot three more free throws per game and averaged a better percentage. Three that's, more. That's ridiculous. That is like 400 more. Chris Webber. That is pretty incredible. Just embarrassed. I love these conversations because we would did never have known that. No, no way. Never. Not no a way. chance we would have never found that out if we didn't play, play around with this. All right, go ahead. No way. You mentioned something so, about uh, Zoga. I would say the fact that – if Shaq's not in the draft in 92 and we just bump everything up and Alonzo Mourning goes number one to Orlando in 92, but then Orlando has the number one pick again like they did in 93, and you pair Shaq and Alonzo Mourning, which we saw years later on the Heat. Um, yeah. I, I don't – still, I don't I, I don't know what happens with that, but I'd, I think um, I think you probably still go. I, I, I guess you still go Weber there, but it, it's weird just because they're it's the same team. But I'm gonna say I would I would go with Shaq, just because of just the pure sure. dominance that he was in college. That's all right. Fair. So then that's that's our third. So Shaq would go back to back. We're saying if we agree. Yeah. I mean, I currently have. I actually started keeping up with them, so we had all the list at the end. I had Ewing, Manning, Coleman, Shaq. Oh, Coleman going back to back, right over 
instead oh, of Larry. Yeah. You keep you keep up with this list. I can't. I was thinking Coleman over Purvis Ellison. That was obvious. Never mind. He was after him. You keep yeah, up he was after. Okay, okay. I hate doing these yeah, lists no like Coleman. live. There we go. You got it. You got it. Go, go Coleman. All right. So we'll say Shaq goes over Chris Webber. So then, do we have? So now we're at ninety four with Glenn Robinson. And then there's 95 with Big Joe dog. Smith. I think that one's easy. I mean, I think Glenn would definitely go back to back over Joe Smith. But again, that was nasty in college. Yeah. So that's our that's our next one. Glenn would go back to back. See, when I originally looked at this, I'm like skimming. I'm like, no, 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 no. But then when you like sit with it for a second, you talk about it too. Yeah. yeah you're like, all right, actually, this is where it's going to get interesting. I think we're going to have a long stretch of no's. So 96 is Allen Iverson, 97 is Tim Duncan. I mean, that's just like throw, just flip a coin of how good. I mean, I don't think Allen Iverson goes back to back. I don't either. No. I don't either, even though Allen Iverson is my second favorite player of all time. I have three favorite players all time. He's number two. I love him to death, and I'll I'll fight for him in any conversation. But there's no way in my right mind that I'm trying to be an honest person in this industry and tell you that he would be over Tim Duncan. Are you kidding me? There's not a chance, like zero chance I'm having this conversation. with The one thing I'll, I'll make a note about AI. And I think it's interesting because I mean, we started saying, Oh, if, if Patrick Ewing came back, would he go over Brad Doherty? He would have needed a a COVID year or something to do that because technically Allen Iverson is the first player to ever leave Georgetown early to declare early for the nba under john thompson Mm. wow okay so that that and and so not to throw we're saying we're we'll give hypothetically got it (laughs) but yeah he was the first one after a sophomore year declare for the 96 draft first player to leave georgetown early for the nba i don't think i mean even with blinders on tim duncan we know how his career ended up i i don't know how you could pass on tim duncan for Allen iverson coming out of coming out of wake forest let's make this even weirder i hate to do this who's second in that draft let's look it up who was second in that draft i'm looking it up right now in the duncan draft oh keith van horn yeah Allen iverson would have been the second second pick no question so he would have at least been the next guy off the board so never mind it's not even shout out keith van horn i've got his jersey in the closet it's my one of my my prized possessions of just a random uh uh, of a random jersey to have the next this one's easy though paul 98. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, before we keep going, I mean, basically since 85, like even the guys who weren't as good, right, if you're saying like Brad Doherty or Derek Coleman, they all had solid careers up until... Purvis Ellison, I'll debate you on not having a good career. Well, yeah, yeah, Purvis Ellison, not okay. great. But like for the most part, like they're, they're getting, you're getting like really, really, really yeah. good players. Then Joe Smith, he only averaged 10 throughout his career. So, you know, not exactly what you want. All-time journeyman, though, for real. Played, I think yeah. it was the second most teams all-time in the NBA or something like that. He played on, like, 11 or 14 teams or something like that. Yeah, really did. Yeah, Laker, I think he has a ring, too, from the Lakers at one point. I don't know. So then we hit, okay, so AI, Timmy D, and then we get Michael Oluwakandi, which is just the oh. biggest stretch. Woo! I, I mean, just wild. I mean, he averaged eight points. It, so I'm, I can't wait. That Are sounds these, high. Yeah, I mean, he averaged eight points. Um, just was that in college or in the league? I, that's what I'm saying. I'm on Wikipedia and I have to scroll all the way up. And no, is NBA is rookie, rookie eight point nine, seven point nine, yeah, eight point nine, <laughs> which is brutal. So Tim Duncan's going back to back. Yeah, yeah, fair. All right, yeah. so Timmy D's going back to back, but then that's that's where we like that's where we're getting stuck. So basically, that cancels out, and then it's ninety nine Elton Brand, two thousand Kenyon Martin. You can make an argument, but both had really good careers. So it's like, 
I don't know. It's good. I mean, it's still college stats. It's the thing that you're. I don't know. I don't. I don't have them in front of me, so I would have to go off my gut and say it's Kenyon Martin. But I just. Elton yeah, Brand like really I don't think I don't think Elton Brand goes. I don't think he goes. I don't think he's he. I don't think he's head and shoulders above Kenyon Martin to make him go number one. Kenyon was really good in college. Or yeah, can we take it? I would like to take a side note. As great as the nineteen, you know, nineteen ninety six draft. There's a obviously even the 03 draft. I just want to run down for the people for all, for our listeners the top ten of the 2000 NBA draft because it 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 honestly even the whole first round it's it's about as poor as as you could imagine. So Kenyon Martin's number one, fine, great, coming out of Cincinnati, great pick. We get Stromile Swift, Darius Miles, Marcus Pfizer, Miles for real, Marcus Pfizer, Mike Miller goes number one and ends up I think win Rookie of the Year that year. Damar Johnson, Terrible. Chris Mim, Terrible. Jamal Crawford, um, Joel Prisbilla, Keon Dooling, Jerome Moiso, Etan Thomas, names. Courtney Alexander. Like Mateen Cleaves goes 14. I don't even know how long his NBA career even lasted. I think he was out. Yeah, he was out of the league eh, by 03. Got another cup of coffee with the Cavs in 04. The Sonics a little bit in 06. Like he was back and forth between the G League. So, like, Probably, I mean, if you look at that, Jamal McGlure is later. He go Turkaloo. That is a tough, 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 tough draft. Shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks getting Michael Red in the second round. Yeah, that's a keep your job draft is what I call that in my uh, draft wow. conversations. It's, uh, no one loses their job this year. We look back on it. <laughs> People wow. obviously did, but, like, you look back on it in three <laughs> years. In 2003, you're like, remember remember in 2000 when we all, like, just bombed it? Like, yeah, everyone kept their job that year. All right, so this one, I mean, we have to, right? Kenyon Martin has to go back to back because in 01, it's Kwame Brown. <laughs> no, but the hype around Kwame was that's the problem, though. I know. Retroactively, was, yes. That's a, real, that's a good hype, point. The good hype point. around Kwame was like literally, Ridiculous. Brown was consistently rated as the best high school player in his class, which included Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler. Uh, he's the high school player of the year in Georgia. Um, t- 1,235 rebounds. Um, second oh all, like God. his senior yeah, year but, average but does, 20 points, 13 rebounds, 5.8 blocks, three assists, two steals. Like, there was just so much hype around him. Does Kwame Brown have a radically different career if he doesn't have Michael Jordan just killing him every practice for the beginning of his career? So, that the number the team that had the number two pick there was the Clippers with trade to Chicago is Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's great. I mean, that's then you got Pau Gasol and then Pau Gasol. I think it's been documented well enough that Kwame Brown was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Who was the LSU quarterback that went to the Raiders? It was so bad that was like the laziest oh, guy. Russell. There you Marcus go. Russell. He, they're, they're, they're like the perfect Ross parallel of each other. Yeah. yeah. And I just, there's proven track record on Kwame. I feel like at this point that he just, he, I don't think he was going to work out. We'll never know, but you know, I hate one of these we'll never know scenarios where it's like, I think he'll, he would have always been bad, but I don't know. You never know. Situation is so important in the draft and you go to the Clippers who, by the way, he would have played behind Michael Olokandi at that time. So yeah. I know, yeah, like he would have technically been. Ah, maybe, maybe they play them together. I don't know. Whatever. This is too, like this is a rabbit hole. We th- this will not be a TikTok. I promise you. This this Michael <laughs> Oluwakandi Kwame Brown should not even be. This should honestly just be cut out. Like I mean, we don't. Uh, yeah. have to have this conversation. All right. So now then we, we get the easy to, ones. Then. It, gets, it, gets, it gets weird for a little bit here. Yeah. yeah Kwame's yeah. not an outseating Yao. Yao's locked in. 
Yeah, locked in. Obviously, LeBron 03 locked in, and we can say LeBron for the next 18 years is locked in. <laughs> wanted to, um, but we will not do that. So let's just skip LeBron because it's not even. There's no point. So 03, he unseats Dwight. He unseats Dwight, but then yeah. the question is: Does Dwight unseat Andrew Bogut in 05? Yes, Dwight was one of the best high school players in the last 30 years. Yep. Yes. Okay, I agree Dwight. there as well. All right, Dwight's our ne- Dwight's our next guy. Then we got now this is going to be tough. You have Barnani and Greg Oden. So it's like we know what happened. Does Bogut? Does Bogut do? Barnani? No, does Bogut get Barnani? Oh, yeah, my first bad. Question. My bad. Um, I don't care. I'm just asking. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so either. Like, I don't think he's was... like that, again. He's not that much better. Yeah. Yeah. So Barnani uh, over Odin. I don't think Barnani. No, I think Odin. I. They With made everything. the run, even though they lost the national championship. I think, yeah, it's that it's almost like the Danny Manning art. Like he was, a, Craig Oden was a big deal. Yeah, yes. So now, yeah, okay. So I don't want to tip my hat, but oh, so Rose in 08, Blake Griffin in nine. I don't think so. Hold on, we skipped Oden. Would Oden? Oh, be Oden to Rose? Derek Rose. Odin. No. Uh, yes, I'm in. Like, you let me so? just let me, yes, 1000%. Oh, let's hear it. Yes, wow. 1000%. I'm glad we're ready to do this. Um, I I don't think people understand how good Greg Oden, Oden really was at Ohio State. And I think that that is going to be because of the injuries. We cloud a lot of that stuff. This is a guy that, like, we took over Kevin Durant, like, pretty, pretty unanimously back then, excuse me. Um, that was like that, very it, good point. It, it was a debate. Don't get me wrong. We like, took him over Kevin Durant. Why would we take him over? This is a guy who averaged like his college stats don't blow you out the water. But like when we turn when you, we think of dominant big men, this was right before the NBA really started to change. He's healthy. We talk about him in the same vein that we talk about any 2008 era big man right now, like without a doubt. Uh, all tournament team uh, that year in his one year at Ohio State. Um, all region team. Uh, consensus All American. All Big Ten, All Big Ten tourney, Big Ten All Defense, Big Ten All Freshman, Big Ten Tournament MVP, Big Ten Rookie of the Year, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year as a freshman. He got That's Rookie just, and Defensive Player of the Year? Damn. Yeah. He And I think like the rebounds thing, like that team was also really good. That was the Mike Conley team um, yes. back then too. Like So like not saying that you know, who was taking rebounds away from him, but like I think the eye test speaks for itself sometimes and there's nothing against Derrick Rose. But I think if we're just talking about what we knew about both players, I would have 1,000% taken Greg Oden, even though I didn't just give you a very convincing case other than his stats. He was one of the best players in the last 20 years in terms of just conversion to high school to college and then high college to what we thought he was going to be in the NBA. It's really hard to forget Kevin Durant's part in this. It's really hard to forget injuries. Yeah. I will give this as as a shout-out. I think not the number one, but – and obviously a lot of these guys played together with each other at at Ohio State, but – Arguably top five, top ten AAU team of all time. Greg Oden, Mike Conley, Daquan Cook, Josh oh McRoberts, Eric Gordon, Mark Titus. There you go. That's the that's, <laughs> Shout that's out the Mark squad. Titus. That's oh, that's the squad. So I mean, yeah, they were. I mean, he was. There was. I remember that was Greg Oden. And granted, I was I was born. I was twelve, thirteen. So I was really starting to like under and like the internet was growing too. You could learn about guys that weren't just in your newspaper. Greg Owens, one of those first guys where I remember like hearing about really before college and be like, oh, this this guy's going to be a problem. And so I, I do think that hype train was real. And you talked me into that one. All right. So you guys got Odin. I say no. Um, Derek Rose was too good. All right. Derek Rose oversee Blake Griffin. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Probably. I have to give Derek the same credit I just gave Greg because it's it's not taking anything away from him. I just think he was a better player. I mean, the impact that he had on the, on the winningest stage, I'd give it to him. All right, Rose over Griffin. Did, Do you agree? Yeah, I probably agree. And does I'm trying to remember when Blake? Okay, I guess it was the day before the season he had a stress fracture in his knee. Because I was wondering when that injury happened for Blake. And it wasn't like, hey, it was an injury risk that he had like a Chet situation where it, or it was that close. But it was right before the season. That's why he missed his 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 draft year. Um, but I, I would go Rose over Blake as well. Okay. Because like I think also if Derrick Rose comes back to Memphis and Cal stays there, like they might win a championship too. Yeah, we addressed that earlier, which is crazy um, how this all paralleled together. Uh, Blake Griffin, also second-year player at Oklahoma, so I think Derrick Rose just coming off of that hype as a one-and-done freshman. I think there was a lot of the younger value there. Maybe that's important. but Yeah, that's a good point. I will say this, Blake Griffin's not unseating John Wall. I got to see John Wall play in high school. Okay, I got to see that here in Raleigh. Like, not a chance that's happening. Can we we take a a pause for my great, my favorite podcast clip of, I mean, it Shit, was that this year? Whatever. Yep. In the last 10 months, John Wall talking about his visit to North Carolina and Tyler Hansborough he doesn't basically talk to shitting on him. And it was like, oh, no, I'm not coming here. That was I could not have retweeted that faster. I was so excited <laughs> to hear it. Thank God he didn't go to Carolina. Oh, that would have been awful. Yeah, in that um, same clip, he says he was never going to NC State no matter what. So I, I did not retweet that, to be fair. Right. But sorry about no, that. he did say <laughs> it. But uh, All right, so Blake Griffin, no. John Wall over Kyrie. I would have John, See, I would have John, John Wall. Wall goes over Kyrie. I was going to say would. yes. Be, if Kyrie plays an entire season, no. But Kyrie played 11 it. games. John Wall proved it. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. All right, so John, John Wall over Kyrie. So then does Kyrie no chance. go over no. ED? <laughs> no chance. Gonna, I'm not even going to talk about it. Like, I'm muting. Like <laughs> Anthony Davis, this is no. the easiest. hands down, one of the easiest number one picks. Yeah. No matter what. the easiest number one picks, but this is the easiest pick of the – Freshman well, linchpin well, of well, the one next of the best teams easier. of all time, the national <laughs> championship team. Yeah. Yeah. So AD over Anthony Bennett. That's the easiest one in this entire list. Regardless <laughs> of what happened to Anthony Bennett. One is an one is a top seventy five all time player according to the NBA seventy five list. The yeah. other did not make it past his rookie contract. Which is if you want, so, it, if that, you want a parallel. Your, that's your Jamarcus Russell. Your that that's even worse. Like Yeah. What that's, happened, man? Like what happened? Obviously everyone knows that thirteen draft, like Giannis went fifteen and Evan Booker went thirteen, I think, or and, fourteen. Yeah. Um or somebody. Not Booker that draft no, Booker wasn't that draft. Booker was not, later. Who am I thinking about? Somebody went, um, in the thir- and somebody went in the CJ McCollum went 10th. Maybe that's what um, I'm thinking about. Because we went, I mean, that whole, it's another one similar it's a to, weird one. to 2000, where it's, it's Anthony bad. Bennett, Oladipo, <laughs> which Oladipo, like until the injury bug just like completely in way, like some really good all star years in there. Really Otto Porter, Cody Zeller, which I think is still in the league somehow. Um, yep, on the heat this Alex, Alex Lynn, Nerlens Noel, Ben McLemore, KCP, Trey Burke, CJ McCollum. Michael Carter Williams won Rookie of the Year on the Sixers in that class, oh and then you have Stephen Adams, God, Kelly Olynyk, Shabazz sad. Muhammad before you get to Giannis. That you is Schroeder sad. came later. You get some other guys like Mason Plumlee. Shout to him still doing his thing. Rudy Giannis Gobert went twenty seventh. Yep. yep. Um, I think you even get some guys even maybe even, uh, not in the second round, but um, 
Robert Covington went undrafted. Seth Curry went Jeez. undrafted. Del Vadova undrafted. Shout out to our guy, Eric Murphy, the 49th pick. Nice. Um, are you guys, really quick aside, if you're, are, do you put any stock in the second round of the NBA draft? Like, do you think it's important? Do you think you can get value or is it just an absolute crapshoot? As someone who scouts 150 players a year on average now, uh, yes, the second round is very valuable. Um, also, a two-time MVP came out of the second round, the last two-year MVP. So that has to matter. It has to matter. He was, he was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. I mean, you just type in considered. best second-round pick. I, I know you Yeah, but then you type in worst second-round picks. There's going to be more. Like you guys where, are, yeah, the crap you are arguing for the exception. It definitely is not the rule. The rule is oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. guys suck, and they're out of the league in three years. I think if you're worth if if you, if a team sees you as worthy of a second round pick, like that has to mean something. Not that these undrafted free agents, there are yep. some really good ones all time. They have six of them on their team in this tight in this run they're on right now. But the second round has to matter. If a team chooses to draft you, whether it's the thirty first overall pick or the sixtieth overall pick, a team a team has. I mean, there's guys that lose their job because they make that pick, right? Like there are teams that are like, hey, you scouted this guy all year. You went to those random small mid-majors college games in the middle of nowhere, and you took that pick, right? I'll give you guys one really fast. Jason Preston, was he worth Let's a second-round pick? Was he a second-round pick? I think he, he was. was. I think, he I was. Know, was he was he worth picking, or was he worth undrafted? I think he was worth second-round pick. Yeah. So it's like, it's tough. It's a tough I, I had to give you all that one. I, I've I got the two, the two for you, Paul, that I think exactly, I think, not to disprove your argument, Malcolm Brogdon, second round, 36 yep. overall. And the knock on him, obviously, is he's too old. I mean, here we are. That was, I mean, he was drafted in 2016. Seven years later, he's still a six man of the year. Also rookie of the year, by the way. <laughs> exactly. And the active NBA three-point shooting percentage. Actually, Seth might have taken him. Joe Harris, same way. Like, they're second in picks. Like, I think as you get deeper, yeah, there's, you see so many guys like, hey, just throw, like, trading picks back and forth, swapping, but you can find gems there. Okay. All right. So Anthony Bennett is not going to overtake anybody. So now we got Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. This is an interesting one. I would take Wiggins. I would take Wiggins as well. Wiggins over Cap. I think only because of the carry carryover of the hype. If he played another year and showed ridiculous pop again at Kansas, and he, I don't think he was like his Kansas stuff was good, but like. People were calling him Maple Jordan. Let's just be upfront yeah, yeah, about this. No one was saying that about Cat. So I think I think only because of that, even though Cat was really good in college, I think Andrew Wiggins probably goes number one. I think they still buy into the. I mean, I, I thought Andrew Wiggins was was going to be generational. Like I was like, yeah. uh, th- 2013 was my first draft that I followed as a fan. Like actually followed the NBA yep. draft in the first round and really cared about it. Yeah, I would have had Andrew Wiggins again in 2015. Okay, so does Cat overtake Ben Simmons? No, I don't think so. I would say probably. I think, I think going back to that hype train, like everyone was saying, Ben Simmons was Magic Johnson, and this. Yeah, is- that's that's why I would probably take him. But I'm trying to think revisionist history. If Simmons not, but- barely had to do anything at LSU, and he still it was like a no question like number one pick in my mind. But I actually just think- had a debate this morning with somebody about this. Look at his stats at LSU; it's ridiculous. Did he kill? Like it? It, it, it? He did. I mean, it was ridiculous. He it was he like outplayed. They just- I was arguing Terrible with somebody. Team. Let me pull it up. I know we're, I don't know how long we've been going, but I was arguing with somebody about Ben Simmons versus it was somebody recently. And I was like, there's no way that guy's better. Oh, it was the, it was like GG versus Ben Simmons, GG Jackson stats this year. And it was like Ben Simmons <laughs> like blows him out of the water. And I'm like, well, yeah, college production matters at that point. But yep. he averaged 19, 
two steals, five assists, 12 rebounds. That's yeah. just. And then like almost 60% from the field or something like that. It was like 54% yeah. from the field. So for that reason, I'm going in the next year, I'm going Ben Simmons over Markel Fultz. Yeah, without a chance. Yeah. Hold on. Do we, what about Ben Simmons, Carl? Did we ever like come? I, I would go Ben. I would Carl. go Ben. I don't think Carl okay. unseats. Yeah, him. I don't think so. I think Ben for yeah. sure. And I think so Ben, ben over I do you think Mark Ben unseats Markel Fultz. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then Markel Fultz, I assume we're all going to say no over DeAndre Ayton. Correct. And then, Correct. yeah. Then, then Dion, this is what, this is what start, by the way, Trevor, last episode that me and Ian recorded, this was just like a random, I don't know how we got on this, but this is why this came up. We were like, oh, would Zion have gone twice in a row? And then we were like, all right, next episode, we'll do this for 35 years. It was because of Ralph Sampson, because we were talking, we were talking about, he had the chance basically every year. Do I come back or not? And he would ask his family, like, are you good? And they're like, yep, we're good. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to go. Like, it's always going to be there. And so it was similar to – and because it really started from um, your boy at Duke. Why am I literally blanking on his name? Coming back. No, um, currently. Paolo? No, currently. Still staying at Duke. You're about Filipowski. It was Filipowski coming back. And it was like, if it's going to be there, and that's what he said with – Ralph, it was always going to be there every year. He could have come out, and it was like yeah. that's where this started. That's fair. But DeAndre's not unseating Zion. No. And then I assume everyone agrees Zion would take I'm over. Unseating Anthony Edwards. Edwards, no doubt. Okay, now this is—I don't know. It does Anthony no. Edwards take over Cade Cunningham? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Either. I don't think so. But now, if we, like... if we redrafted, I 100% take Anthony Edwards. Yeah. yeah. Retrospective, yeah. If I'm like, taking if I'm taking history into consideration, I don't think I actually think you could say Cade Cunningham could over or, or take over Paolo only because Paolo wasn't even the number one pick until it happened. Everyone thought it was. I remember <laughs> recording our episode and being like, throwing the note and shout out to Ryan Hammer because we we're like, hey, like look, the yeah. odds are like shifting, shifting to Paolo, and like Vegas knows like there's not yeah. chance for no reason. Like the the odds aren't shifting. I remember being like just. Just be aware, like there's a chance Jabari Smith's not going number one. And I, by the way, I want to throw it out there that I, looking back on it, I feel like an idiot not realizing they were going to take Paolo because I, I yeah. had Paolo third in that draft, and it'd be one of the biggest regrets I have in my entire life in this in this sport. I promise only, you, like I will, I will put that out there now. Like I my, regret wholeheartedly. The only reason I really thought Orlando might or would go Jabari Smith is because he fits the prototype of just. The Orlando Magic, long, rangy, athletic Jonathan Isaac type player that they drafted a million times over. But shout out to Paolo, rookie of the year. Um, and then now, I, I mean, who back. knows what next two. year? Vic, I take I, it back. I, a, I just looked. I had him at two. We're safe. Never mind. <laughs> Fair enough. Paolo's not unseating Victor. And I think I don't know who's coming <laughs> no, in twenty four, no. but I don't know. If, I don't. I think Victor's going to unseat. This guy's the most hyped since since LeBron, right? Or maybe Wiggins was hyped. I mean, Anthony Davis was hyped. Oh, no, it's him and LeBron. Like, it's, it's, it's him and LeBron. 100%. Yeah, that's what everyone's AD's right maybe now. the closest, I think, in between there. But it's it's, yeah. it's not even – it's – All right, so – Scoot Henderson doesn't even get mentioned as oh, – no, he gets mentioned, obviously, as number two. But it's not even a consideration of, hey – I would take Scoot number one in the last three drafts other than maybe Cades. Wow. All right. So that's how much I believe in Scoot. Let's get you out of here on this. Uh, the Bucks fired Mike Budenholzer, Budenholzer, whatever his name is, um, literally two hours ago. Yep, right before we started. Do we agree? Are we? I, I don't think it's shocking. I'm, I'm in. I, I was, 
I you cannot justify. I don't care about the title to whatever two three years ago now. Um, there's too many mistakes in the last two to three years, um, and also just understanding that like you're at this this apex of one of the greatest players the league's ever seen and one of the greatest players in your franchise's history. And if you can be at a point where you get a guy who is aging out of the current NBA and Mike Budenholzer in terms of just the style of which they play, if you can find a guy that is going to be bought in by your best player of all time, you can figure out Chris Middleton's contract. Drew Holiday's already said that he's going to re- probably retire after um, his two years, I think, are up on his contract. So that's a two-year window with a guy like Drew, who, by the way, could play another three or four years anyway defensively. Yeah. So I would 100% agree, and also I can't justify having the second leading vote getter for defensive player of the year or third, whatever he was, um, sit on the bench as Grayson Allen is on the floor making a mistake. Like that's nothing against Grayson Allen; it's who I think is a very valuable NBA player. It's why was Brooke Lopez on your bench for the most vital play in the series? And just how does Grayson Allen end up with the ball? Like he just can't be shooting that shot. And now, like he was in a tough. Like what else was he supposed to do? Like I kind of get it, but also like. Why does he have the ball? Yeah. Um, all right. What did you think about uh, Giannis's speech that went insanely oh, viral? I I did not say anything publicly for a reason, so I'll answer it now. Um, I think he has a fair point, but I think I can't sit here right now and have this guy behind me. For those of you watching on YouTube, you'll see it. The guy watching on you know the the guy behind me. And I can't sit here and think that he would have ever even said anything like that or thought anything like that, a guy of that caliber. And if Giannis is going to be a guy of that caliber, who we think he is and we think he has that kind of passion, I think he has fair points. But I think ultimately you lose as a one seed to an eight seed, regardless of who's on the other side of the court. It's a failure. I, I think just answer the basketball question. It's a failure. How he views things and philosophically, whatever, I don't – I. It is what it is. I'm not going to argue him on it. So Kobe actually has like two, and uh, our guy Zion over at Complex tweeted it at me. So I tweeted, all I tweeted was, you know, the the, the reaction to Giannis has just been wild. Like there's been takes everywhere. Yeah, it was way too divisive. It was crazy. And there was a, this was much later in Kobe's life and career, but there's a whole video of him saying, what is failure? Failure is not, you know, it's just a learning and blah, blah, blah. And then our buddy Zion basically tweeted when he was like in 08 or 09 when they lost. And he's basically saying like, well, the goal is to win. So by default, we failed. But I think I just had the issue with the question. If the question was. Oh no. Yeah. The reporter should not have asked it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, if it was worded slightly differently, Giannis doesn't react this way. No one pays attention to the clip, and we move on. But, like, was your season a failure? No, I disagree. Like, there's no – and I, Steve Kerr came out and basically said, so So you're just telling me that all 31 other teams every single year are just flat-out failures? Like, I don't the think – the goal is to win a championship, I, yes, but I understand what you mean. You know, like, so I, I just don't think it's as simple as that, and – I also think there's the whole concept that Giannis didn't play for two, three games, two and a half games, whatever it was. Like, That's right. are we just going to ignore that? Like, I, I don't know. I want to wrap it with this, bringing it full circle. And I think this will bring everyone joy and, and, a, and a little smile. Was the 2023 North Carolina Tar Heels basketball season a failure? I think. Jack well, the when you're the preseason number one, <laughs> I think the answer is yes. And we can yeah. all, and we can agree on that. Yeah, we can definitely agree on that. Um, all right, absolute last thing, and then we'll be done. 
Trevor, the floor is yours. You have uh, the green light for a hot take. It can be about anything, basketball, sports, food, cities, travel, life, culture, music, movies, shows, whatever you want. Green light for a hot take. What do you got? All right. So I'm glad you said TVs and movies. I'm going to give you one really fast that I just thought of on the spot, and then I'll give you the one I actually had written These are the best ones. These are the true hot takes. You you both will appreciate this. Um, I try to think of basketball one, but honestly, I just like – I don't – I don't want to sit here and be like, I'm not a first take kind of person. Don't do that. But like, I really don't unless I believe it. So I really don't have a basketball one. I think I could really think if I just sat down and did it. Um, I think I'm a huge, like, I, I'm not a big TV person outside of like the shows that I like. I think Big Brother's a better show than Survivor all time. That's probably one of the hottest takes I'll ever put out yeah. on the internet ever. Survivor's like, I know this, like, cr- this just apex of fandom, and you both probably are never inviting me back again. But no, I think Big right. Brother's the greatest show, like, of its kind. I just don't know enough about Big Brother. But can I, I, can I say something? I've never watched either of those. Okay, good. I've, I've watched enough Survivor to have the opinion, but Big Brother is yeah. indoor Survivor. That's all it is. It's indoor Survivor. It's more mental, Mind like, games, yeah. talking, and, all, like, there's just too much. And, like, I say that as my wife and I, as soon as we get done with this, are going to watch. I got her into it last season. Like super, I did not think she was gonna just like fall into it, love, you know, like that. But now we've watched since we watched last season's live. They do it every summer, right? July to mid September, yep. and she was so hooked. She's like, "There's got to be old seasons, right?" So we've literally watched in the last year, like planning our what, like what was our like thing that got us through our wedding process was we've went from season two of Big Brother all the way. We're about to start season seven. There are 30 to 40 episodes. They're 41 minutes each if you have Paramount Plus. uh, plus. Like, it is a grind and a haul, but I am all in. And some of these are before me, like, you know, like a little bit before. Before me as in, like, I would have watched them, but maybe not remembered them. So, yeah. My dad got me into it. Shout out to my dad for that. My mom hated it, so he would, like, record the DVR. This is a funny story. He would record it on the DVR and then change the name. Back on DirecTV, you used to be able to change the name of the recording. Like to like a playlist, so he would change the name of it, so my mom wouldn't know I was watching it. Oh, Shout out to my incredible. dad. That's amazing. The actual hot take I had. I'm glad you said TV. That was actually a really good one. That I've probably, I, I'm probably, I'm probably losing followers as we speak. It's a good one though. But Survivor fans are like brutal. Yeah. Um, I have one for you guys that you'll really like. So you, I had that sit down with Jackie O's uh, owner Brewer. I just want to give you a little backstory. I asked about the Durham Columbus thing. It's in your bio. Um, my wife's family is all from Columbus, born and raised. So I am from, obviously, Raleigh, born and raised, so we have a connection there. Uh, and I wanted to throw out there, Jack O's is one of the best. That's not a hot take. I nice. love it. I get it every time I'm up there. Um, I need to go to it next time I'm in that area yes. driving up to there. But um, I think sours are the best beer. I don't care what anyone Ooh. says. I think I think, I think sours are the best beer. They're my favorite beer. I'm actually physically disappointed when I go to a brewery. And I love breweries. That's what I love about I know you said you live in uh, near Durham, right? So like yep. the scene here is so good. Like if I go to a brewery and it, there's not even a sour on the menu, even if it's like a, you know, a highly produced one or like a mass produced one, I'm like visibly, I'm like audibly upset. I'm like, that really sucks. And I'll, and I have other things and I like it, but sours are the best beer. That is a hot take. I probably just lost multiple followers because of big brother. because of sour. That's a hot one. That's, that's a, a glimpse. I don't do much outside of basketball publicly. So like, that's a glimpse into my life. Big brother and sours. That's what All I'm right. doing after this podcast. So.
Big Brothers and Sours. Well, listen, Trevor, we appreciate it, man. We will definitely uh, do another collab episode. You know, at some point, we'll find some new, random, funny shit to talk about in the offseason. And then uh, I come down to Durham a good amount. So next time we're down there, we'll uh, we'll go to see a state or Duke or Virginia. Drink some sour beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drink yeah. some sour beers. Love it. it. Appreciate awesome. it, man. We'll talk with you soon. Thank you. Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pulls, plus Russell's up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.